TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo. Usually as I start the show off, I normally give deference to the Tongas with whom we give all deference to. However, I'm a bit upset with them, as we'll get to later. So I'm going to just start the show by saying welcome to the Outsider's Edge. It's your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash, with my co-host, other host, my brother, Kyle. Kyle Morris, how you doing, sir? The, the, the sage of the squared circle. Bullet Club is not fine. They are not fine at all. Well, Bullet Club is evil. We'll get there. But before we get to that, it's been a minute since we had a guest, right? It's been a hot minute, yeah. But we have an esteemed guest. You might know my guy from, uh, damn, there was one, you could say you were the third member of Chair Shot Radio. You was on every, damn every week. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> you know him from, you know him from the Twitter account. You know him from the Chair Shot. I got my brother Rob Burnett with us. What's happening, Rob? I'm doing all right. How y'all doing? Mad Agato. Yeah. I, want, I just want to know. No, like, I just want to know. What did Tetsuya Naito do to Gato? Did he sleep with his wife? Did he, like, hurt his child? Like, what did Naito do to Ghetto? You know what I, you know what I think? What, what I think is, and yeah, we jump right into it, yes. What I think is, you remember when Punk was the champion, but Cena was main eventing, and there was some yeah. pushback with Punk and a lot of the uh, management because they knew Punk was a star, but they didn't want Punk to be the star because they didn't feel like they could trust him. They didn't feel like he represented what they wanted to represent and all this. And, and like, to their credit, the not being able to trust him part oh, turned right. out was totally true because right. you walked out on them not once but twice. Yeah, he was absolutely right. But I feel like it's the same thing with Gato that Naito can't be pushed because his last name is an Okada. I, I mean, I don't know. It's got to be something because like what we saw at Dominion was a fucking travesty. And, and, and it's not, it's a double travesty, not just because Naito lost but because like, y'all I'm not even a hater, but, like, what the fuck is evil doing with the IWGP Heavyweight Championship? Like, let that sink in for a second. Evil is the dual champ. Evil is the IWGP champion right now. And he got an assist from Dick Togo. In 2020, we're keeping it. We're keeping it current, bro. We're keeping it current. 
Go ahead, Rob. What you think, bro? Not five. All right. So when I heard that happened, all right, I'm thinking, I was like, evil? And I think I said to you, Ray, um, I don't want to hear nobody say nothing about Jinder Mahal ever again. Okay? And I mean, fine, you want to turn evil, put him in the Bullet Club, that's fine. But he's the champion now after Naito went on this four-year chase for the title. Four years! Okay? And, you know, all the, the, the New Japan defenders love to talk about, you know, long-term booking. And, okay, they had this man chasing the title for four years. And to the point where, you know, the day of Wrestle Kingdom, me and a whole lot of people were just like, man, he ain't not winning. Ain't no way. And then, ain't no way. And then, okay, so he, he wins. Finally, he wins. He doesn't even get to celebrate in the ring. Kent right. took a shield on his chest. Now, look, look all right, because in my analogy to that is, imagine if at the end of WrestleMania 35, instead of walking out with two belts triumphant, Becky Lynch got knocked out by Lacey Evans, and that was the end of the show. <laughs> wait, wait, why Lacey, though? <laughs> that. Because, I mean, I mean, remember, because they got into it the next night on Raw, they got into it. So imagine, yeah, imagine, okay, imagine if. Becky pins around the Rousey, and then she turns around, get, gets punched in the face, and laid out by Lacey Evans, and the show ends with Lacey Evans sitting on Becky holding both of the belts. <laughs> and imagine the reaction that would have got. And, okay, and that's what happened at Wrestle King. He got taken out by, you know, washed Kenta, <laughs> and Kenta sitting on him with both the belts. I mean that was just disgusting enough as it is, but then but but we're told that oh well that's okay because Gato has a plan, so all right he beats Kenta or whatever, and now COVID happens okay fine, and now we have this, and so now either this was like a either this was a major just last second audible, or this had always been the plan, which means yeah, that definitely this was definitely a last second audible because like you can tell it's a last second audible because they put evil in the bullet club. They didn't have him break away from Naito to like start his own new cool thing. They put him in the bullet club to be the temporary leader of the bullet club because with everything that's happened with COVID, Fale not in country, the Tongans aren't in country, Jay White's not in country, Kenta's not in country. No, they got they got Ujiro fighting Okada. Yeah, like the oh. Bullet Club is so at like all of their big mainstays that you think of when you say Bullet Club aren't in Japan. And so their last second audible is, well, fuck, we need somebody to lead this stable. So they put the belts on or so they decide to make it evil betraying Naito, but then they put the belts on evil. And I've heard some people try to make this argument that the reason they're doing that is this is the way they get out from under the dual champion conundrum. Because nobody would just challenge for the IC title. Nobody's just going to challenge for the IC title when you can challenge for the IWGP title. And they didn't want Naito to be stuck with the Intercontinental title because then he just becomes synonymous with 
being IC or uh, IC champ instead of the the mix. Yes. Um, so this is their solution, and this way they'll have somebody challenge Evil for the heavyweight title, and then Evil will just be the IC champion. And it's like, okay, I I hear what you're saying. I hear all of that. I hear what you're saying. It's still a dumb fucking move, and it was still a shit fucking match. And and that's the other thing. So now, well, I mean, that's why I brought up Jinder Mahal because you know, as we see, Evil's however many title defenses he has. Is it going to be run-ins and shenanigans and all that stuff? And which, again, I mean, I'm fine with that, you know, because I grew up with American wrestling. But nowadays, you know, if a match of Raw SmackDown and the DQ people, you know, cry bloody murder. So we're in. So, you know, we're going to get a bunch of shenanigan laden matches with evil. And then. Okay. Yeah. I swear, if that man loses to Okada before the year's over, <laughs> no, 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 Rob, Rob, you you got it wrong. When he loses to Okada before the summer, in his first title defense, probably. No, the the the, the move to do is if this is if this is strictly about building new stars. And look, I'm I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna play the game. I'm gonna play the game, right? Word Triple H. If this is really the move to build new stars, then the move is Evil keeps the belts until Wrestle Kingdom and Sonata beats them. Yes. That's the move. Yes. Right? That's the move if you really care about building stars. However, they care about building Kazuchika Okada. Well, because I was thinking about that, and the only thing is, if they're going to do that, then it's July. That means we got six months with Evil is the champion. Yes, and and you know what? You you spoke on something that I want to speak on real quick. A lot of the reason this is a shock is because it is Japan, and this is not t- typical Japanese booking, right? But even if this was in America, we'd be mad because this is out of, out of nowhere is really good often in wrestling. It really is. No, look, that's fine. I am a big fan. I was a Jinder Mahal supporter. I'm a big fan of of escalating somebody in a very quick and 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 uh, sudden JBL in sudden manner. Sometimes because sometimes it's the it's what's needed, right? But we talked about Naito has been on this four year quest to not only win the title, to not only wrestle, not only may have Wrestle Kingdom. But to just beat Okada, right? Yes. Four years. They ran mm-hmm. him out of the company because he couldn't beat Okada, couldn't get over more than Okada, and couldn't make the Wrestle-, Wrestle Kingdom. He come back, changed the game. The top wrestler, according to Tokyo, the Tokyo paper, whatever it's called, in for years on an end, right? Four years. He wins. He can't even walk out the building with the with the belts because get to jump him. COVID kills his entire reign, and then his second championship match, he loses to his underling, and not even the interesting ones. I was gonna say the the other thing isn't that he lost to his underling; it's that you look at Lij, and with the exception of Bushi, he lost to the weakest link, and yeah. Bushi yeah. doesn't even really belong in the discussion because he only performed part time anyway. Yeah, just so just like the tags for the juniors. The Rocky yeah. Romero of Lij. He's yes. there when he's needed for a junior tag situation. 
He's Takamishinoku. Yes. Otherwise, he don't do shit. So, like, but you look at the rest of that stable, Sonata more interesting than evil. Um, Sonata's not supposed to have been the breakout star of that company for, like, four years now. Shingo, damn sure more interesting than evil and is a transcendent badass star. And oh. Hiromu? Yeah. Like, like you got all, all these people that you could have tapped to be the person to turn on Naito to, like, actually have a banger, and you pick evil. Evil. <laughs> well, I mean, so, so the swerve is in the name, right? Um... And everything is evil. Everything is evil. And so, you know, I had a conversation with my homie Mags, uh, Darren, and from Badlands Podcast, and he was saying he was he he was saying that it was a shock to him because Evil is the most loyal member of LIJ. And I said, No, I don't think he is. Yes, Evil was the first member to join when Naito got back. Yes. Yes, Evil has never missed the little fist bump. Yes, but Evil has always been the one. Who has always tried to usurp Naito. Evil's always been the one who's always pursued higher titles than Naito. And Evil's always been the one who said he wanted to take over LIJ. If he didn't He's say also it. He's the only one who's not Tranquilo. Like, legitimately, that, he is you know, not Tranquilo in any way, shape, or form. Yep. That's a great point. That's a great point. I never Sonata, thought about Super fucking Tranquilo. He's not Ego Super fucking Tranquilo. Bushi. Super fucking tranquilo. Even Hiromu, in his own eccentric way, is just super fucking tranquilo. That's He's got Daryl the cat. Yeah, right? yeah. And Daryl the cat has a cat spouse. And then cat and a cat's child. Yes. Yes. Like, like that's his whole thing. Ticking time bomb. Like that's tranquilo as fuck. Ain't nothing tranquilo about evil. That's a great point. Yeah. So what's next? What's what's um, the next? Well, the belt is mildly tarnished. It's not going to hurt its legacy long term as long as they don't follow this up with like an equally terrible choice. But like, this is I, and, not a good look. I don't think it's that title. I don't think it's fair to say tarnished because, as big of a Jay White fan as I am, if it wasn't tarnished when Jay White won, oh, I think this I, is worse. Like, think about it now. Think about it now. Like, think about it now. In a year or two, when you're seeing the title lineage flash up on the screen for the title matches. You're going to see, you know, Okada a hundred times, Tanahashi, Naito, evil. Well, I feel that way when I see Bob Sapp and Brock Lesnar, so I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> kind of throw this in also, because, all right, I'm a big Naito fan, but I also felt bad for, like, people like Ishii. What's that man gotta do to get? What, what's he gotta do to get an even title match? But, I mean, he's like the. I mean, how, how does he gotta feel seeing Evil be the double champ? Meanwhile, oh here you go Ishii. Here you go, here you go fight for the never open weight title for the millionth time. He he's stuck in the perpetual forearm fight with Suzuki for the rest of his career. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and it's like what it's what Ishii and Suzuki and what Tai Chi and Goto always. I mean, but if we really wanted to go down that road, though, like let's think about this. You know, Rapongi 3K. If it wasn't for the fact that Yotor is ACL, Rapongi 3K has been confined to the junior tag division for way longer than they need to be because there's literally no other junior tag team. Well, 
I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, not speaking about your tag team, but about show going solo right now, right? Gator was on one all that whole Dominion. Did you see that Saber and um, and Tai Chi beat Tanahashi and uh, and uh, Kota? Yeah, I mean, you know, Tai Chi. Tai Chi is like slowly turning himself legit, like, but like in a weird, inconsistent way where he'll have like moments where he's just like, yeah, like, all right, Tai Chi, I can get behind it, and then he'll have an old Tai Chi moment where you're just like. So why are we pushing him again? So we're gonna have so we're gonna have evil versus Tai Chi at Sinku Road or whatever it is that's in September. Oh god! <laughs> oh god! Don't even put that out there in the ether, man. Don't put that evil on me, man. <laughs> keep don't that back. Don't put that back out there. Keep um, Okay, if you had right now on the spot, WrestleMania, uh, WrestleMania, Wrestle Kingdom, January fourth, is Evil Champion. And if he is oh. champion, who is he wrestling? Evil ain't um, fucking IWGP champion Wrestle Kingdom next year. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. Right. I, think, I think he's IC champion and he'll wrestle Sonata. I think oh. Evil versus Evil and Sonata is going to happen in wrestling. Will that feel like Kevin Owens and Jericho at 33 fighting for the U.S. title instead of the world title? Um, Might be. Now, now... The only way that doesn't happen is now or Evil State Champion and Sonata could win the G1 and they have, you know, the heavyweight title match. I think that's a possibility. Also. I think um, we have Evil and Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. That match is happening. Just it's a matter of what title is it going to be for. Because, you know, I was thinking Sonata was going to win the G1 this year. Um because, I mean, it sure looked like because he beat Okada during the G1 last year. Mm-hmm. You know, and everybody knows he's the next man up as far as, you know. The other the big, big mystery, the big mystery with Wrestle Kingdom, and I mean, it looks, it, right now it looks a lot like probably not, but the big mystery with Wrestle Kingdom is, are any of the Gaijins going to be able to be back in Japan in January? Good question. That's a good you question. You know, like, right now, I... Right now, it doesn't look like it for any of the American ones, but like I could see Fale (laughs) and Jay White and like Phantasmo and you know some of those other some of the people that are from Australia, New Zealand, um, the islands. I could see them potentially being allowed. You know they're not gonna let none of us in there because every country's looking at us like it's ghetto now. Basically, I mean every country's looking (laughs) at us like. Like, oh, no. yeah. America is the projects. Like, America is now that neighborhood you lock your windows. You don't, look, you don't make eye contact with nobody. Don't look. Don't look. We at the red light. Don't look. I feel like, I feel like Wrestle Kingdom and Okada is in that Cena in the, in the 30s spot where it's like he's, he's going to be a marquee guy. We got to figure out what to do with him. Do we want to put him in another title match? But what it basically is like, you know, for a few years, WrestleMania was whatever match Taker's in, whatever match Cena's in, and then we book. I feel like that's yeah. what Wrestle Kingdom has become. Whatever match Okada's in, and then we book the show. So, look, the nightmare for us Naito fans is if okay, Okada beats Evil for the title, and then Okada ends up defending against Naito at Wrestle Kingdom and just beats him again. <laughs> I mean, that's... 
I'm gonna be honest. I think Naito, like in terms of like being pushed as a champ, champ. I think so, that's done because he's old. Because uh, like Naito, old. Like one thing we always forget is man's like 38, 39. Like he's not a. Yeah, he is not a spring chicken, and that's part of why the evil match was so bad. Is like <laughs> Naito's starting to show his age. Yeah. Mm. And so hey, Ray, do you have the right to call for what we usually do, Ray? For no. Naito? Come uh, Titan Woman? Come come Titan. Up in New York. Uh, what, what, what my man Shook say, if you, don't, if you don't like where you at with the, with the booker all up in the matches, come to New York. <laughs> Listen, man, I mean, if, if, I mean, if he's content there, then okay, fine. But if not, like you said, look, his days of main event is over. I mean, Sonata's about to run past him. He could get and a sweet deal that he could get a sweet deal to work few dates. Yeah. Do that cushy <laughs> WWE style. Do that cushy WWE style that's less like hard on his body. Yeah. Now, you know, wrestling Twitter will hate it, and they will, you know, they will cry tears every time he does a six-minute match on Raw or something. But I mean, man. Like I said, unless he's just content and just wants to stay there, and which if he is, that's fine. I'm not telling anybody to quit a job that they're content with. All right. Sure. But he pays but, good money, he's happy, but yeah. Okay. But, yeah, but if if he is ever actually if he's ever given any thought to jumping, now's the time because like I said, it's not as brought to run past them. Hiromu's probably gonna run past them. Coda is still there, and he's going to get his title victory at some point. And then, you know, and then we never know when, it's, you know, when Tanahashi is going to say, okay, it's time for the farewell tour. So, that doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> I need that belt. So, so, yeah, I mean, so he's got, like, four people and Okada that are going to be perpetually ahead of him. And that's not counting anybody. They, they, they feel like they want to just throw in the title picture out of nowhere. I'm sorry, Kyle. Go ahead, man. The big thing is, though, like, realistically, and I, I hate to be that guy to say it, but, like, would you want to live in the United States right now? Nope. I mean, if I didn't live here already, hell no. Like, <laughs> like I, I paid pretty decent fucking money in my home country. Am I trying to move to that shit show even for their money? Like, no. that's a lot so they, to deal with. No, in 2020, no. You know, back when Shinsuke did it, well, yeah. But, oh, yeah. But, like, right now, hell no. Nah. I'll stay home. Well, okay. Depends on the money. Keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. It depends on the money. It depends on the money. It depends on the freedom. It depends on the contract. Because if they give him one of them cushy Tommaso Ciampa contracts... And he gets paid comparable to what he gets paid now in New Japan in American dollars, where it's where he has less dates. He doesn't have to tour. He doesn't have to put all that on his body like you said he he does. Uh, like you said, and it's the third brand. I don't know, bro. Money is money makes a lot of people do stupid things. Now, if he want now, yeah, if he wanted to be like king of NXT, um, that's only that's the only way he would come. 
I don't think he wanted to come to go to the main roster because he knows eventually they're going to have to tour again. And remember, Naito comes from New Japan where they are a touring company. So, it, like, I'm sure he's done with that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. And, um, um, so, it's just, you know what, it, it, it stinks, man, because yeah. he, I mean, he should have gotten his run. And granted, look, whenever, the, whenever this run ended with the title was going to be it for him as a main eventer anyway. So they should have just let him. Gave him you know, even and it doesn't. Have, I mean, like, it doesn't have to be some two-year Okada kind of reign. Just hell, ten months, right, where he defends a few times and then you know drops it on the way to Wrestle Kingdom or something. Well, right? how I mean, about was, just how about just more than one defense? Yeah, and then yeah, I mean, I mean he didn't even get defended against somebody good. I mean, I mean. Kenta is washed, and then he loses the evil. He, I mean, he didn't even get a match with Kota, right? I mean, or, you know, if you want, or, you know, Hiromu or somebody. I mean, they could have done that. I you mean, know his world title reigns have essentially made him? Christian. Well, because yeah. that's... Um, his world title reigns have essentially made him Christian. Like... You get the world title because, like, oh, yeah, you deserve it. But, like, really, you're just our placeholder transitional champion for, like, five minutes. And uh, uh, our buddy Will Mahoney uh, equated him to Sasha Banks. (laughs) Ooh. Ooh, but but there's a lot of truth in that statement, though, dog. There's a lot of truth in that statement, bro. Like, they trust Sasha to be the girl, but they don't trust her to be the woman. It's a good good. point. You get to win the title. You get to be in the big match, but you don't get to win that often. And when you do win the big match, you don't get to keep it that long. And that seems to be what, you know, I mean. Well, uh, let me do this. Let me, let me transition to something a little, a little happier. <laughs> uh, my man still lost, but uh, Sonny Kiss had a hell of a moment this week. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Sonny Kiss uh, was booked against Cody in a TNT Championship match on AEW to open the show. And Kyle watched the show, so I'm letting him break it down. I'm letting him break it down for you. But by every stretch of the imagination and every account, Sonny Kiss was allowed to be Sonny Kiss. Like there was no neutering. They let him be unadulterated. Him, the the uh, from what I've heard, the announcers talked about him glowingly. They even use the he and she pronouns that Sonny prefers. So please, Kyle, go ahead. Break it down. Um, So the match started the show. Um, They started. And what was interesting is Cody came out first. Like they started the show and like Champ did not come out second. Cody comes out first and then Sonny comes. And Sonny comes and makes his entrance with the Jaguars cheerleaders and does this whole like choreographed dance routine with the Jaguar cheerleaders. Um, all the while, the commentating team, I do want to give them a lot of props. Taz, Excalibur, and JR did a really, really great job. You know, first just talking about how hyped Sonny was for this big match and how great an opportunity it was going to be for him. Um, and then when the match starts, they continuously go out of their way to really emphasize his offense and his style. And Cody went out of his way to let Sonny get in all of his big spots. They did the 
like axe kick in the corner. They did the flying split thing that he does. Um, he got a lot of really great offense in. He reversed a crossroads and hit a crossroads onto Cody. He took a sick Alabama slam bump out on the entrance ramp. Um, like they did, they had a really, really good match and they went out of their way to continuously praise Sonny, even though the story of the match was that Cody was not mentally on his game. Um, and like Sonny is capitalizing on the fact that Cody's not in it and you can't take Sonny for granted because he's dangerous and can win a match. Um, so even in the loss, Sonny came out of that match looking like a star. Um, Cody overuses his whole, I'm going to praise my opponent after the match thing. But that was really important for this match because of who Sonny is and what Sonny represents. Like, um, black, femme, LGBT, genderqueer people do not ever really get a platform. Um, so to be given a platform in AEW and to be presented as a legitimate threat on the roster and a legitimate star is a really big fucking deal. Like it just fucking is. It's a really big fucking deal. Um, and inevitably when something like that happens, there are haters who like talk some shit. Um, and I do also want to take the opportunity in that light to give a shout out to Cody for shutting that shit down really fucking fast and telling people that if they have a problem with a gay man getting in a title shot on television that they can kiss his ass um, because like that's really important and that especially really since he's the EVP yeah 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 well and one of the things that the commentators brought up is how Brandy was the person who approached Sonny to sign with the company. And so like, you know, he was on her radar and like, that is also again, important. Just like saying they went out of their way to get Sonny kiss. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was a really great moment for me for this week. That was my highlight of the week for this week in wrestling. Let me just say this as somebody who is very critical of AEW, I have to give them props for, for this. Because, like you said, they you know they could have watered him down, they told him to tone it down and not do his whole thing, and they didn't do that, and they didn't present him as a joke. And, you know, he got he got to go out there, and I I didn't see the match, but you know, going by what you're saying, he get he got to be an actual, he had, you know, he got to compete and looked like he might actually win, even though I mean, you know, he wasn't gonna win, but still, right. So they look, they deserve credit. For that. As, as critical as I am of them on so many different things, they deserve all the credit in the world for what they did with him last Wednesday. So, I, I, Cody, I salute you. This one you know, time. I, 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 I want to I, I speak on that because I, I echo every sentiment you just spoke on because all three of us in this on this show here have been ultra critical of AEW and we're critical of everything. We're known as WWE shows. And to an extent, we do maybe give WWE a little more of leeway than we should. And I, I'll admit to that personally. Um, but we've criticized AEW as what I think fairly. One of the major criticisms I've had of AEW is, and this can kind of 
transition into the next little thing. Next thing we want to talk about. They spoke so fervently at the beginning of being the revolutionary company, being the company that touts and breeds and fosters diversity, right? Not only with their women's division, which was where the whole conversation started, remember, equal pay and everybody's a superstar and all that, but in terms of from races, from creeds, from sexualities, just everybody's welcome, right? And for the longest, it wasn't that. And Sunny Kiss has been signed since them to the very beginning. And for the overwhelming majority, the only time you saw Sunny Kiss was on Dark. Right? You may have saw him in a five-minute match, or you see him squash Peter Avalon in a six-minute match, or you see him uh, hanging out with the girls um, in the crowd. And then him and Joey started tagging, which, by the way, is... Ex- I look at Sonny and Joey like I look at me and Kyle. It's a perfect example of heterosexual male friendships. It you don't have a heterosexual friendship with a homosexual man. Like it, you can just be friends, right? And they play that perfectly, as they really are. But I appreciate finally the fact that they realize the star that Sonny is, and not that he's a star because he's a he because he's a gay femme gender queer wrestler. He's a star because he's just a star, right? It doesn't matter what he is or what he does outside of wrestling. If you watch the kid, if you see the kid perform, and as you spoke to very, very importantly, Kyle, the match was just a match. It was a fun match. It really was. It was one of the better matches of the night. Like It was way better than the dumpster fire that was the trios match between... Um, Jurassic Express and the Elite, like that was just if if you're into choreographed flippy do's with no psychology that expose the choreographed nature of wrestling, then like props to you. I guess you probably enjoyed it. But you know, if uh, you care at all about not looking like just a choreographed Cirque du Soleil stunt brawl, this was not a match I would recommend. Well, Kyle, since since uh, Joy Ryan, who is dead to wrestling, and PWG is probably gone, somebody has to carry on the legacy. <laughs> and the Bucks were PWG royalty. So I guess they're going to carry the legacy on. Can I, can I just say about this? Because I hate the Young Bucks. Anybody who's <laughs> talked to me at length on Twitter, wrestling knows that I cannot stand the Young Bucks. I hate them. They, are, they piss me off. And I have tried. I have given them chances. I have watched matches of theirs. And, you know, I've even seen matches of theirs where, you know, they didn't do the stuff I hate. But most, nine times out of ten, I yeah. watched one of their matches. And, if I, and I have some patience and sit through the whole thing. It may start out okay, but it's only a matter of time before they, they do some of that choreographed bullshit. Or... One of them takes a spike pile driver and is back on his feet in 30 seconds after he kicks out of the pin or takes a Canadian destroyer on the apron and again, kicks out on two and is back on his feet 30 seconds later. And I don't appreciate, I also don't appreciate, you know, I mean, I'm an atheist, so like I don't necessarily have a dog in that fight in general, but like I don't appreciate their performative Christianity. Like this whole Christian AF shirt that they're marketing out to people like this, like, fake woke 
evangelized bullshit. And I mean, I know they've always done the whole good Christian boys thing, but I'm just like, y'all are performative as fuck. That's what you are. You aren't Christian AF, you performative AF. I did not expect this to go to the uh, fuck the Young Bucks segment, but okay. I'm going to sit back and watch. I'm here for fuck the Young Bucks, like, I'm here for fuck the Young Bucks from the word go with like the butcher and the blade and the super kicks to give back the car keys to FTR so that we can set up FTR pouring beer on Kenny Omega because that's the TV we need. That's what we're here to see. The opinions of Kyle Moores and of Robert Knight do not match those of thechairshot.com or the Outsider's Edge. We do match the opinions of Ray Cash. <laughs> I'm not as I'm not as deep on y'all, so I, I'm, I'm, no, I'm like, no, I'm like, I, I I enjoy a Young Bucks match every now and then, but like I can't get on board with the way that they try to present stories because it's just phony and lame, uh, and it's a, like, and it's a problem unique to them because Kenny and Hangman are capable of being in storylines that I find engaging. Cody is capable of doing shit that I find engaging. The Bucks the are just lame as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Like, the Bucks are not interesting. They yeah, get yeah. by on this reputation of being the best tag team in the history of wrestling because they're good in the ring, but nothing about them is interesting. Let me tell you something. If, if, if I had a time machine, if I had a time machine... Tread carefully, carefully, dog. Tread carefully, dog. Don't go Deadpool on me. Here's what I'll do. I'll go back to 1985. Oh, I'll get Hawk and Hank. I'll bring him to 2020, and I'll put him in the ring with the Young Bucks. You know why? Because when they when they, when they they kicked out of the damn Spike Piledriver, Hawk would stiff the shit out of them. Okay. Okay. That's just why. Put, okay. Just put them in a match with Ming and the Barbarian in 1995, and then we'll, they'll learn. Let a motherfucker say he wants to. Let a motherfucker say he doesn't want to tap out to the Tongan death grip. <laughs> Put him in there with Rick and Scott back in like 1990, and try oh. that. Let him do that. That kick out bullshit. Okay. Put him, him after Rick and Scott now. <laughs> it oh. might be first now. <laughs> no, but my issue, my issue with them again isn't even with their in ring style. Like my issue with them is that they they coast by on stories that aren't stories. Like, what the hell is this storyline with FTR? What is this? They're friends, but, like, they're not really friends, but, like, they're trying to be friends, and FTR don't want to be their friend? Like, what is the story here? Well, the books have never been known for this. The, you know, it's, it's just hilarious to me, because for a long while, Being the Elite was an extremely entertaining show. And Nick oh, and Matt are completely over everything on, on being the elite. So they're entertaining on a YouTube show. But their story, there have been two stories where they've got me interested in, ever. And it's probably the two stories they're known for the best. I mean, and I wasn't watching around the time where they fought uh, Candace and the man who shall not be named. But I'm talking about the match with them and the Golden Lovers, and that's because of Cody. Talking about the match between them and Kenny and Hangman. That's because of Hangman. So it's like, those aren't two matches that they've gotten me invested in as a fan because of the story. Other than that, we know they can wrestle. 
but everything's a spot. Everything is yeah. the, pro- the, notice, real quick, the real quick, real story- quick. The, the, the problem. I'm sorry, real quick. The problem with the with the spot, the Canadian destroyer spot, wasn't that it was overly like it was overly planned, which is a p- issue. The issue was that Nick was literally holding his brother up so that they could do the flip, right? So, like, Nick is actively helping his opponents hit his brother with a move for the sake of the spot. I'm sorry, Kyle, go ahead. Well, well two things, and I'll also say two things to that. The first thing is, you know who the real fuck-up on that is? The real true fuck-up on that is? Whoever's running production, because why the fuck did you cut the camera at that moment to, like... I mean, they never should have done it. It, it was a stupid fucking spot. But wow. wh- if you're over production, why the fuck did you cut the camera at that moment to like reveal, like to pull the curtain back on a magician before he's able to finish the trick? But the other thing I was going to say in response to what you were talking about with those two storylines, you notice the storylines that got you engaged ain't got shit to do with them. They, yeah. it, it, the actual storyline is like, well, what is their relationship to somebody else? How is this other person going to react? It's never like actually them and their opponent telling you any kind of story. Yeah, they fought Show and Yo like 75,000 times and never cared once. The only interesting thing to come out of that is Matt Jackson thinks he's DDP in 97. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's been selling the back. I will say this. I, I will say this. I, I, okay, I went one time. Did I did not get pissed off with them. I went to see uh, Ring of Honor, Best in the World, back in 2018, and they had a match the Briscoes, and they actually didn't they didn't do all that shit that they usually do, and they lost, which is even better. So <laughs> even though losing to the Brisco, you know, the Briscoes aren't exactly you know great guys. I just want you to know what you just said. You instantly became a friend of Kyle. Because <laughs> that tag team is hated vehemently by my brother. I mean, it's because Ring of Honor. Dignity of watching. Um, those dudes, man. I, hey, but I guess the less said about them, the better. You know? But yeah, I mean, look, I, I will take any opportunity to throw darts at the young bucks because I, I can't stand. You, you know what's interesting? To me? You know what's interesting to me? I read a, I read an article. Um, Jr. was on Busted Open, and for the record, I used to subscribe to Busted Open. I stopped because I got sick of it. But uh, they still have good, really good interviews. They have interviews every day. But Jr. seems to be sick of their bullshit. Not just the Bucks, but the but the entire a, a lot of what the company's doing. For example, one of the things he had an issue with was they took the tag ropes off of the roast because someone said it looked lame. And it was like, well, hell, if, if people can't, if there are no rules for people to break, then how can heels be heels? Stupid. And then he was talking about how we have Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn, just two people. I mean, they got other people, right? Arn is there, Billy Gunn is there, but just Dean Malenko and Jerry Lynn alone, those two. You're going to tell Jerry Lynn and Dean Malenko you know better about psychology or pacing of a match? Like, what are we doing? Then he then he went off on Taz and, and Brian Cage and even said Taz is probably going to be mad at me. But he said Taz should not stand in front of Brian Cage when he's cutting promos. And when they had the FTW title uh, segment, which was still the stupid idea of bringing that shit back. 
But he said Cage just wasn't even he didn't even sell the title. He's like, Cage, bro, you you gotta emote better, man. Like I know you're a machine, but like you sitting here wrestling like a baby face doing all these flips. But then you get the title and it's just like, oh, okay. Like so if JR is getting sick of that nonsense, I know all the old Tully Blanchard is an old school guy. He's sick of it. Did you see the promo he cut on Sean Spears a couple weeks ago? That was not fake. I think he was sick of it. Or can I say something else? Can I say, okay, now you, now you, I got it. I got to shit on Sean Spears now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's not the way I played. This was not a fucking AEW segment. I promise. <laughs> you know, uh, look, I'm that cor- that gift of Baron Corbin saying that's on you. Uh, this is on you, Ray. <laughs> All right, Sean Spears stinks, okay? And I'm saying that because I saw that stupid picture he tweeted out with the black glove and the picture next to him with, with you know, with Barry Windham with the black glove. And as somebody who grew up watching Jim Crockett promotions, NWA in the 1980s, I can't stand that shit, okay? I'm sorry. That is, oh, look at you, man. What are you doing? Right? I got one, too, man. I got one, too. I'm showing them my Ty Dillinger shirt because I was a very big Ty Dillinger fan. Okay, but this whole look, I swear if they if they if they do a four horseman gimmick, which it looks like they're gonna do. Yeah. And if Cody is part of the foursome, okay, I Cody's flair. Cody's the flair. And you know, see, this is what this is what this is what I can't stand. This is what I can't stand. All right. Cody, your daddy will be rolling over in his grave if you are the leader of the four horsemen or, or a four horseman type of group. The same way he rolled over in his grave when you aligned yourself with Arn Anderson, who spent the last 20 years beating the shit out of your daddy and stabbing your brother in the back. Okay, there is no, okay, all this stuff about continuity and stuff making sense and all of that. Okay, you threw that out the window from day one. And now you're no, about it makes to throw perfect it. sense. It makes perfect sense because Cody's doing a Ric Flair cosplay. Cody's been doing well, a Ric Flair cosplay for the last like six years. Well, hold on. Well, I say he's been doing. He he books himself like his dad used to book himself. And yeah. Let me explain. Let me explain. Let me explain. All right. So Dusty didn't make himself world champion except for like a few days here or there. But Dusty always carved out some shit for him to do so that he was always in a big spot. And that his TV title is exactly what Dusty would have done. You. You don't make yourself the heavyweight champion, but you make up another little title for you to have so you can have your little title over here in the corner and you can have your big spot on the show and mm-hmm. not have to be the world champion. That's exactly, what, that's exactly how Dusty used to book himself all the time, and that's what Cody is doing now. It's the you, same damn thing. You know, <laughs> you know how Bray Wyatt is kind of doing this Faces of Foley gimmick where it's he's the Firefly Funhouse Bray, but then he's Eater of Worlds Cult Leader Bray again, but then he's the Fiend Bray, right? Well, Cody is doing the three faces of, of Foley gimmick where he's Flair one day, he's Dusty the next, and then he's Garrett, which is his real name, the actual Cody, the one we like, the guy we like. <laughs> he's playing this thing too, because he doesn't know who he is at any given time. It's like, I also really what are we doing? I also really need him to stop bleaching his hair because, like, it's so gross. Like, so fucking gross. And it's really, you know, it's really sad. He went from somebody who was honestly a pretty good-looking dude to this 
gross bleach blonde with a hideous neck tattoo. You you remember the dashing Cody Rose gimmick? He used to be legitimately good looking. He was well, cute. Legitimately, the reason that gimmick started was they legitimately ran a poll, and Cody won as the most good looking guy. Was cute. He was. Cody was cute. And now he's not at all. Okay. So let's stop bashing these guys for a minute. Um, I'm sorry. Because we went off. That wasn't on the agenda. My bad. I'm sorry. No. (laughs) Hey, look. We go. The train go where the train go. Right? Because, look, we could definitely go off more. We could talk about the fact that they treat Moxley like he's Hogan in 89. Like, we could really go off. But we're just not going to do that. Uh, we've done enough. <laughs> we've done enough. Hashtag Naomi, uh, Naomi deserves better. It's been Ooh. a big week. It's been a big week for black wrestling Twitter. A lot of the Sunny Kiss is probably one of the starts. Naomi, Leo's been on it. ACH is, is back at GCW and it's causing some controversy. Um, AJ Gray, uh, homie from, from the Indies went off speaking on a lot of things. It's been a big, big, um, uh, Big Swole wrote a letter apparently on diversity. It's been a big week. Uh, MVP's been in the news because he's talked about wanting to start a stable with him and Bobby Lashley and maybe said in Ricochet. It's been a big week. And, and I know, I don't, I know I don't fuck with the guy, but Moose is, has a major title defense tonight. That's anniversary. So speaking of Moose and Ricochet in the same sentence, like we also got to talk a little bit about how like Ricochet is just low key being giving a being given a pass for doing the same shit that we are actively shitting on Moose correctly for doing. Like, homie, Ricochet was also hanging out in a dojo run by a sex offender. And that's not okay. I think the biggest issue you're right. So Ricochet, Stacey Irvin, and Casey all deserve the same. Yeah, amount. all of them deserve to be criticized for. But the reason Moose getting this work is because Moose tweeted about it, and, and then is also already known as an unrepentant piece of shit. Yes, and then but he defended Chazen by saying, "Can we get over this to 2020? Let's go move on to other bigger things." No, Why he raped or 14 year old ever she was. No, oh boy, I, I didn't see that. <laughs> like. Jim, <laughs> We are not no and and that that, that overlooked that dog. I hate that dude so much personally because his last name is my first name. So every time I see him talked about on Twitter, it's like, well, I can't stand Rance. Rance is a rapist. I'm like, oh God. No. Here we go. So so yeah, that I'm Ray today. Yeah. That just that just pisses me off a little bit, and you're absolutely right, but like to circle it back to the first one, Naomi. Rance, you and I talk a lot about Naomi and what the problem is, ultimately. The problem is WWE is incapable of booking a women's feud outside of their title feuds consistently. Yep. Yep. And they don't have a mid-card women's title that Naomi or people of her ilk could just hold the fuck down as like, yeah, we're that secondary champion, that badass ring hand that you're going to have to go through if you think you're ready to be the top champ every now and then. They'll take that top title for a little while just to remind you they're a badass. But, like, that's where she's ultimately the victim. To your point, Shannon Baszler and Bianca Belair have been off TV for months because there's nothing for them to do. Yep. Go ahead, Rob. That's what she's the victim of. 
Okay, so actually, I have a uh, I have something I wrote for the chair shower that hasn't been published yet. I just submitted it this morning, um, and it's about Naomi. And the thing is, all right, because I'm I'm trying to just basically just the the visual or the optics. So many times with her is that. She's put in matches to spice them up and make the white girls look better. And then she loses to one of the white girls. Okay. And it's just, just so it seems it's a recurring theme, right? I mean, you know, in the whether it's in the, in the money in the bank matches, you know, they have her in there doing a bunch of spots and then the somebody spots. else wins. Yeah. And then, you know, and then she's doing the, and she does the Kofi elimination spot in the women's rumble every year now. Right. And then she got in there. And so they, they, they put her in to do that. And then what happens? She, she jobs, you know, last year they had her put over Mandy Rose in some matches. Now you she's putting over, she's putting over. Um, she is the Kofi Kingston of the women's division. That's a great analogy. <clears throat> well, yeah, and the thing is, now the difference is, I mean, you know, Kofi wasn't losing to men at the level of Dana Brooke, right? That's I true. mean, yeah, Kofi was losing. Kofi was losing the Wade Barrett or the Cesaro or and Ray that Seth again gets back and, to and. You're right, and that again gets back to they don't properly book the women outside of the main title, and that creates well, this issue. Well, I think well, now I think there's a personal. I think there's more to it than that as it pertains to her individually. I think they have her slotted in as Tito Santana, basically. Um, okay. You, you know, and whereas she should be somebody who she should okay she should occasionally win a title and maybe have a reign for a couple of months, but she shouldn't be out here. She shouldn't be out here losing it to anybody that's not a horsewoman or Oscar. She shouldn't be doing clean jobs to anybody who's not one of them, or maybe like Shayna Baszler or somebody. She shouldn't be out here jobbing to Dana Brooke or to Lacey Evans. Okay. I did. I did have a problem with the Lacey match only because Lacey has been in like for for the majority of the past twelve months. Lacey's been like six months fighting for the world title. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing with Lacey. All right, if if she had jobbed to Lacey last year when she had just come to the main roster, it'd then be that'd different. be different. Yeah. But now it's been a year. Lacey is who she is in the ring. Okay, she's not getting no better. Okay. She she she's not. Whatever value she has now is from like a character standpoint. All right. She's yeah, not getting any better. The bliss taught us anything. It's that being mediocre as fuck in the ring, but good on the mic will get you far. <laughs> get you well, six title rates. <laughs> here's the thing though. All right, because I mean, Alexa is actually legit in the ring now. She's not great, but she's not like you know. A couple of years ago, she was. Passable, she can actually go in the ring and hold up her end of a match now. She's better. Lacey, I think you're Lacey, going a little, a little far, but she's she's better. She is much better. 
Lacey is still sloppy as hell. And I don't see it getting any better. So I don't think to me, look, there's no there is no value added in having Naomi out here losing to her now. Okay, Lacey can beat up on you know, she can go beat up on Dana Brooke or, you know, enhancement talent or something, right? I mean, and she should do maybe do some character stuff on TV. But Lacey is not gonna be a title contender. Lacey's not gonna beat Bailey. She's not and well, I hope she doesn't beat Sasha. That that would be a twist would burn to the ground. But I mean, but that you know, that's I mean, that's not who she is. So you're not you're not adding any value by having Naomi lose to Lacey Evans. Not okay. It and so now we're going on you know years now of again Naomi and to another extent like Ember Moon and Sasha even to some degree being put into matches to spice things up and then one of the white girls matches. and now. Of course, the fear now is that in a year or two, they'll be doing the same thing with Bianca, putting her in the match and then to spice things up and then Liv Morgan wins. So, man, tell me this. Tell me this, because you're 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 speaking a pattern that I think is known, but is not thought about often. And I, I, I know you're not going to just say WWE's racist. Like, come on, better than that. But what do you think the problem is? Kyle's, I think I agree with a lot of what Kyle says because I, I think it's factually true. They can't book a feud that's not a top women's feud, like a championship feud. I'm with that. Or like a superstar like Ronda or Becky. But to this point about this coincidence with all these black women who have all the – Bianca should be a killer, right? Naomi should – She's a two-time champ, but she should probably be a five-time champ as long as she's been around, right? Sasha never gets the big match. What is it? Why? What do you think the reason is? You've been watching wrestling longer than both of us probably combined. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean um, to call you old, but you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what it is. I don't care. Look, I'm I'm 46 years old, man. I don't care. All right. That means I've been fortunate enough to be alive this long. All right. Yes, sir. It's okay. <laughs> it's really it's okay. Um, I think it's well. I think in Naomi's case, she's hurt because she was one of the, she was around during the Divas era, and mm. she didn't develop a reputation like Natty was around during the Divas era. But she has a reputation for being a super solid technician and all that stuff. Her last name is Hart, bro. She's good for life. But I think, well, no, but I think you just brought up something that's also pertinent here, and it also can relate into Naomi. They know they got Naomi in a situation where she ain't going nowhere because her oh, husband ain't going nowhere. Yeah. Jimmy yeah. and Jay ain't going no fucking where. Good point. So, like, the noise are never they, leaving WWE. They, they know they got Naomi, and because they know they got Naomi, they know that they can use her however the fuck they want because she's not going to leave. And it's a lot harder. It's a lot harder from a negotiating standpoint. You know, someone like a Sasha gets a real hard push every so often because someone like a Sasha doesn't necessarily have to stay loyal to you and could at any time just be like, listen, homie, if you aren't ever going to play ball, I could always call, you know, Impact like or stardom or even a they're close. Sasha and Bailey are good friends with Dash and Dawson. So, like, they could always yeah. call FTR and have FTR put them in touch with Cody and the Bucks. And, like, 
Whoa, instantly Sasha, out of there. Sasha goes and trains with Miko Satamura all the time. Yeah, she is so like, she's got it in to start him right now. So like yeah. she could always hang I could leave over their heads. Whereas Naomi's not gonna do that. And as long as they keep Tez happy, Bianca's not either. And and we also have to remember too, not speaking of the Usos, but the three people you just last mentioned, Naomi, Montez, and Bianca were discovered and trained solely by WWE. So that is home for them. Remember, Naomi was dancing for Orlando for the Orlando Magic when she got signed. So like she was completely built, bred, and trained by the WWE. So that's that there is that is a good point. It doesn't explain all the other women, but for Naomi and Bianca, I I I'll accept that as somewhat of explanation. But I mean it's but it is it also that? comes down to something that it, it's not a coincidence, though, because it also comes down to something that you and I talk about all the time, Rance. Black women don't get cared about, oh. like by society at large. Black yeah. women are the yeah. most overlooked and marginalized group in our society, yep. and so like the people who dog whistle when shit goes down in the wrong way, they look at something like, "Well, Naomi got her two title reigns, and Sasha's had some title reigns, and yeah. Bianca's had some spot." And for them, you know, because black women are overlooked and marginalized, it's just like, "See, they got something. They got something." And Good people point. don't look for the system behind the bullshit. Yeah. yeah, and because, you know, I mean, I get, it, it bugs the hell out of me. Like, when I'm on Twitter and I see people riding hard saying that, you know, well, Liv Morgan should be champion by the end of the year. Why? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so, can we or, can we lose and, this? Can we just lose this assumption that just because you got better at what you do, that means you deserve to be a champion now? Like, you don't deserve a title just because you're no longer shitty at your job. Congratulations yeah. on being able to do the bare minimum. And you know, and and I saw some people, a couple of people last night were. The, thought that the Lacey Evans thing was the right decision. And like I said, she is who she is. All right. I mean, they're not going to book her to win no championship. I mean, well, there's, I mean, also, might... something, there's also something that's always a little bit cringy about a character, the type of character that Lacey plays, this like Southern white woman debutante, like, yeah. See, over and, a woman of color, something about that is just means Scarlett O'Hara. The fact yeah. that she's Scarlett O'Hara, yeah, yeah, like something is inherently cringy about Scarlett O'Hara lording over a woman of color. Like, ooh, that don't. That, look good. And I guess, and then another thing is, it's weird because with a lot of white wrestling fans I talk to, I'll just put it out there, um, they don't see that. And they can't. And like they don't like they don't see like the and then also the fact that you know Lacey a lot of times comes off as if she's living the gimmick. <laughs> I mean, um, and but and they don't. I mean, a lot of white people just don't see how that hits different from the eyes of one of us. Yeah, like it's just it. The word tone deaf comes to mind. It's just like this is real tone deaf. You've got. And, and it's, it's doubly tone deaf because Naomi is not just 
a black woman. She is a dark-skinned, natural hair, Check it out my mouth. black yeah. woman. Like, Only full she's figured. rocking the pro. She's full rocking figured. the pro. She's curved. She comes out to her own, like, techno-pop entrance. You know who she is? Lighted. She's wrestling's version of Serena. Yeah. 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 Let's look at all the hates. Now, Serena's just better than everybody in a sport where being better wins. Wrestling is not a sport, right? Yeah. But the parallels between them are striking. And so, like, it's doubly cringy because it's just, like, Naomi's not just a black woman. She is, like, black. Black, and I'm black, black, y'all. black, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, and Bianca embodies a lot of that too. Like Rance, we've talked all the time about that neck rolling est. Oh, yeah. Like that yeah. is just the blackest shit that yeah. is about the culture. And so, yeah. like when you have someone like a Lacey with her gimmick being lorded over these people, it's just like, ooh, ooh, are you you people in? Yeah. Yeah. And um it's funny you bring up Serena Williams because I mean look how long that the tennis media has been propping up Maria Sharapova. And Serena beats her ass every time. Look, Sharapova was on the gas and was still getting her ass kicked. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And yet they still presented them as equals because <laughs> they just they just gotta promote, you know, somebody who looks like Maria Sharapova as you know, even though she's getting her ass kicked all the time. Bro, real quick, real quick, real quick. Do you remember Anna Kornikova? Yeah. Oh, because oh, I probably remember her better than y'all do. And here's the difference. She was terrible. Like, I'm saying she never won. No, like, she was Sher- awful. Sher- was actually a good tennis player. She's not better than Serena by a wide margin. Uh, Anna Kornikova was trash. She was horrible. And they would show her first round matches on TV just so all the creepy perv pervert kind of dudes could, you know, leer over the 16 year old girl. And they had to show her first round matches because after she first wasn't round, taking it to the third round. <laughs> she was on the plane going home after the first round. <laughs> oh, the- <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. She wasn't making it to the final. Uh-uh. Oh, God. That's funny. Look, look, look. She was like Rocket WrestleMania, okay? She going on first, and then she going home. Okay? <laughs> Keep the jet warm. Keep it warm, pimp. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I... But, it's, but it's the same kind of thing. And so they they propped up Sharapova all this time because... and and. This is and this is bigger than just like people in charge being prejudiced. It's also people in charge not trusting their own customers. Okay, they think their customers are racist because mm-hmm. if they didn't trust their own, if they trusted their own customers, they would would not do this kind of thing. And the same thing in the NFL with quarterbacks, because right now the uh, the NFL is kind of at a point now where. Literally, where all the good, the top-notch white quarterbacks are getting old and retiring, and so now you got Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson, and like those are your top quarterbacks, and Russell Wilson. So now they got a marketing conundrum right now, also because you always sell the quarterback, 
And in a year or two, the only quarterbacks worth selling going to be the brothers. Well, and it's also like it also runs counter to, you know, what word I wish we would stop using to describe football players? Athletic. Because no matter whether we're talking about a black player or a white player, the word athletic is code for how is this person who looks like this playing this position? Yeah. Because when we talk about black quarterbacks, it's always they're so athletic because for the longest, the only way you could be a black quarterback is if you were primarily a scrambler. They didn't give black pocket passers the opportunity to do it. And the only time you talk about athletic white players is when it's like, how is Christian McCaffrey a running back? How is John Lynch? How is John Lynch playing safety? What's my guy that used to play for? Uh, play what's with Aaron Rodgers. Cooper. What's Riley Cooper doing on the field? What's Jordy Nelson doing? Jordy at Nelson. That's it. Yep. Yeah. How is Gronk a skill player? That's the only <laughs> time you bring up the term athleticism is when there's a coded racist argument. Why is this white player playing a skill position? Why is this black quarterback good? Yep. Yeah. Like, let's get rid of this word. They're all athletic because if they weren't athletic, they wouldn't be in the fucking NFL. Look, the the, the least athletic person in the NFL would run circles around all of our asses. That's the fuck I'm saying. (laughs) Them overweight ass linemen could run a mile faster than me. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Same here. I mean, but, yeah, I mean, there's. There's just a whole lot of just racial dynamics going on here. There's kind of the and there's prejudice about people in charge. Like I said, there's distrust of their own customers. Um, there's just kind of a kind of set in stone kind of idea of who should be out, what type, you know, the what you put out front. And like it's like when it's like with hiring coaches and stuff, right? Um, is it so much that the owners hate black people? No, it's that the owners are used to socializing with white people, and we live in a segregated yeah. society, so they feel so. Even owners who do not hate black people are more so comfortable with white people, so they're more likely to hire a white head coach. So much of it, so much of it is barriers to entry. Yeah, like so much of it is barriers to entry. Of if you're a person of color, you can't even get your foot in a lot of those doors because you people aren't comfortable speaking to you, and they also don't understand forms of communication. And so, like, there's a lot that there's a lot of cultural dissonance in communicate in these cross-racial conversations where it's like if you respond the wrong way you're the angry black man now or oh, yeah. you're yeah. the reactionary yeah and you know and look man it it will beat you down and this i mean look in my own career you know i just you know i finally got to, you know what i got to the point where you know what I show up i do my job came me on time we straight okay and what's gotta be yeah and um, it's unfortunate because, I mean, it, it can just beat all the aspiration out of you and it can beat all the ambition out of you. But, I mean, uh, and it sucks. Well, I, I appreciate Naomi's resolve. Speaking on specifically on her, we can, I mean, we can talk about these other guys all day long, but speaking primarily about Naomi. And 
there is something brewing because not only is was the was the hashtag trending for like a day, but like you remember when she came back at the Rumble and like that that Rumble video got like a million like 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 not millions but like tons of millions of views, right? Well, Kiki Palmer just tweeted it out, retweeted it saying, "Girl, you killing it! I want to play you in a movie." Like, yeah, I saw that. It's she's and like Charlotte's tweeting about it, talking about how she deserves better. And one fan said, Well, you should give her some of your title reigns. She was like, You know what? I can do that. I'll get right on it. By the way, who you want to be universal champ? I'll tell Vince too. Like, like, you know, like when it's one thing when the fans talk about it, when the other wrestlers acknowledge it. I'm not talking about like Big Swole or other people outside of WWE, but when the people in the same locker room are talking about it and tweeting it out and it's becoming a thing. Titus, Truth, like all these people, then I think that really starts something. Well, and to go back to what you were saying with Charlotte, like, did we not learn from John Cena in terms of, like, just because you recognize there's a problem with the booking and you tell people there's a problem with the booking doesn't change the fact that you're not in charge of the booking at the end of the day and they're going to book whatever the fuck they want to book? Did we not change the fact that people are stupid? I mean, you're right. You're right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's easy for us to just blame Charlotte and assume she's a Hulk Hogan level creative control freak. But like, at the end of the day, she can recognize, hey, maybe I don't need to be champ all the time. Hey, maybe you don't need to push me all the time. And that doesn't change the fact that whoever's in charge is still going to tell her ass. All right. So you're going to go over tonight. Yeah. Well, now I'll say this, this um, and I think this applies to the four horse women at large, and that they all four of them now are at because they've all talked up other people on the roster yeah. a lot. So now all four of them now are at the point where they should be doing like Daniel Bryant and asking for people. Daniel Bryant, you know, asked for Mustafa Ali, he asked for Drew Gulak. Right. Murphy. He asked for Murphy, right? Yeah. They're at the point now where they should be doing. They should be asking for people. Um, I, 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 even if they go over, right? Fine, okay. But they're at a point now. They are, now they're at a point where they should, you know, if okay, if y'all love Naomi that much, if y'all think she's that good, then y'all should go ask for her now, okay? I think the only two that really had that kind of power were Becky and Charlotte, and Bailey maybe just got there, but Bailey and but Bailey and Sasha don't have the same power that that Charlotte and 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 Becky does, and that could be a whole another conversation there. The two white girls and the two people of color, maybe that's another thing. But well, I think Sasha kind of low key can get certain things. Okay, maybe, um, and I think. Look, I mean, her and Bailey got the tag team titles, and then they got the tag team titles made, and then once Sasha came back, now right back. they're the tag team champions again now. So, I mean, okay, no, they don't. Maybe, and but who knows? Because I mean, Becky reportedly wanted to lose to Shayna at WrestleMania, and Vince said no. I mean, so I don't know. I mean, there's a but. I do think that all four of them 
now at a, or at a point now where if there are some women on the roster that they think deserve a bigger opportunity, they can at least go ask to work with them. I mean, yeah, okay, fine. Vince will probably, Vince going to have you go over in the feud or the match or whatever. But I mean, now you can, I mean, you can ask to work with people now. And I think, you know, that's, you know, that, if, you know, my, that would be my criticism of them as a group, just that they are at a point now where they can be asking for opponents and not just, you know, working with each other. Right. No, I that agree. Seems yeah. always, that seems to always happen, you know, every, you know, maybe a year goes by or whatever, maybe in between, but they always yeah. end up with each other. And yeah. Well, with, with, with Becky Shana, going to- Shane is an interesting story. Like, I don't think we're ready to have the discussion of all the fucked up shit that I would like to point out in the way that Shayna is being reacted to and treated and a lot of these rumors. I don't think we're ready for that discussion. Well, I haven't heard all the rumors, so I, I don't because I just, try not well, to just the rumors about okay. how like they don't see her as a star and blah blah blah. And I'm just like yeah. There's a lot of like low key homophobia in that, and a lot yeah. of low key. Shayna's not considered conventionally attractive, and a lot of like sexism so in that. So you're telling me they treated her like they treated Luna back in the day? Yes. There's or how they treated China at first. Uh, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of Luna Sean vibes to the way that they're handling Shayna, and it's really fucking gross. And now. And I also, well, I see some some of the reaction I see on Twitter about her is also that she's boring. Um, and I know some people who were not happy when they booked her so strong on the Elimination Chamber. Um, so there's a weird dynamic with her. I mean, definitely, I mean, obviously there's some apprehensions in, you know, in management about pushing her as much as she should be, and those are jacked up um there's also some stuff with fans that i think is jacked up i mean that and a lot of it is around her style and well another thing that hasn't helped her is that survivor series main event that she becky and bailey were in where people were chanting boring that didn't help no yeah yeah her first match on raw people were chanting boring well Shayna doesn't have a a style yeah, Shayna's style is way different to what the fans are, I guess, maybe used to from a woman. And that could be another there's another thing that you could have an issue with. Well, what I think that does is, though, I think that provides management with the excuse to do what they might have already been thinking. Good point. Okay. Um, so, because, look, if, if, if they're just really like, hey, I don't know about all this, but the, the building is rocking and the money is coming in. They're going to send, they're going to say we're going with it. But, you know, the reaction she's gotten in some of those spots has kind of given them the excuse to go with whatever their apprehensions might be. Well, you know, the interesting is, and to kind of put a bow on this topic, is that. It's interesting that we spend so much time talking about the women's division. Evolution 2 is reportedly around the corner. So they'll definitely have all hands on deck 
when that comes on, and I'd be interested to see the people we kind of really talked about today, Naomi and Bianca and Shayna, I'd be interested to see where they're sliding on this card because the women's division is a whole lot deeper than it was for the first Evolution. So I'd be curious to see, but they don't have Becky and they don't have Ronda. So I'd be curious to see how they book the show. I'm really... Cause right, I mean, as of right now, I mean, the date I heard was sometime in August. Yeah, but that and that means no Becky, no Ronda, maybe no Charlotte either. And yeah, good I point. Mean, I them well. On the one hand, it it gives them space to be really creative. I hope they take advantage. If they if they are going to do it on that date, I hope they take advantage of that. But you know, the beauty of it is, Rob. That this evolution is gonna number one, it's not the first. The first is always pressure. Secondly, they don't gotta worry about selling a house. It's pandemic. They just at the PC. So they don't have to worry about selling a house, they don't have to worry about selling tickets, they don't have to worry about selling pay-per-view buys. Because that they at the PC, you can book what you want, and if fans just you know, they're the the I think the pressure is off completely. Which is, you know, which is I'd like to see them really get a chance to like show that they are money makers but you can really have some interesting booking right you can really do the things you want yeah on the card like this without a without any ramifications so now, honestly, though, um i think that august date is not going to be a thing and I, if i'm wrong i'm wrong um if it i mean honestly it wouldn't surprise me. well look if, if i was going to book the card I would try to wait till next year when you could have, you know, when you could have fans in the building and when you could have Becky back, maybe Ronda back. Well, you, you could know. do Evolution 3 next year. Well, that's Yeah, why does it have to be, why do we have to wait? What The the whole point of this, of Evolution was that it should be a normal thing, right? Well, if it's a normal thing, then you don't stop WrestleMania because John Cena hurt. WrestleMania 32 went on, Cena was gone, Rollins was gone. Some people, they still had it. You can't stop it. Not to say that Evolution is a WrestleMania, but, you know, let let them have the moment. Well, if they, if they already have the date set and everything, then I think they'll probably go through with it. Um, but if they're still, like, kicking it around, I could very much see them trying to wait till next year until you can get everybody back. Because, I mean, even, you know, Nikki Bella still wants, she wants to get back in the ring. So, yeah. I mean, you wait till next year, you can bring everybody back. Well, you know, you know what, you know what pay per view is that that's still in flux, but you know, pay per view is actually happening. Slammiversary tonight. Yeah. And it might actually, it's looking like it's going to be a really fun show. Yes, y'all. Impact looks like they're about to have a fun show. Oh, my goodness. I, I feel sick talking about it in, in good, in good graces, but. No, I, it's not that I feel sick. I feel scared talking about it because we've talked about this before. Impact is like an abusive. Re- Impact is like an abusive partner. Like they <laughs> always promise they're going to do better, and they always come back to you with all of these like sweet like gestures and well, saying baby, baby, how different it's going to be, and you let them back in, and then they inevitably hurt you. So we got some anniversary tonight. We got um, the worst Rose. gimmick ever tomorrow. 
I am still not over oh, how no. terrible an eye for an eye match is. That is the stupidest no, thing. I'm, no, I'm, no, I'm here for that. I'm, we'll get to that in a minute, but I am here for that, and I'll explain why later when we get to it. So I'm, I'm going to run through the card. We're, since, since we've been on so long, we're, I'm, we're not going to be able to talk about every match individually. I'm going to run through the card, and then you guys, I'll give you the opportunity to tell me what, you, what you're excited about or what you're interested in and whatnot. Um, so as I normally do, start from the bottom up. There is an open challenge. Uh, the Rascals, uh, two of the three members, Zachary and um, Desmond, are, have an open challenge, which good brothers, Ryder and Hawkins, you never know. You have a gauntlet match with the women's division. The number one contendership is up for the knockouts championship. Alicia Edwards, Havoc, Kiara Hogan, Kiara Hogan's booty. I'm sorry. Kimberly. <laughs> My bad. I'm sorry. Kimberly, Kylie Ray, Neve, Madison Rain, Rosemary, Susie, Tasha Stills, and Taya Valkyrie. Winner of that gauntlet match becomes number one contender for the Impact Knockouts Championship. Um, LAX really hurt leaving the tag division, so the North has who are the champions have to face the put together team of Ken Shamrock and Sammy Callahan for the Impact Tag Team Championships. Yeah, <laughs> yes. For the X Division Championship, we have Willie Mack, the defending champion, defending against Chris Bay. That should be a fun match. Um, you have the Impact Impact Knockouts Championship match between Jordan Grace and Deanna Perazzo, and the story in this match is Deanna Perazzo is not signed. This will determine whether she signs or not. That should be interesting. Um, you have the TNA World Heavyweight Championship match. Yes, they brought back the old TNA belt. Hey, I'm okay with it because that belt is fucking beautiful. Belt is fire, but Moose is the oh, champ. That's and nice. Fight. And he's fighting Tommy Dreamer, and it's an old-school rules match. Moose is a tremendous performer, but I'm not a fan of the dude. But that, should be, that should be fun, and then there will be some shenaniganry involved, most assuredly. And then you have the match that Tessa Blanchard tried to kill. The Impact World <laughs> Championship match is now a fatal four-way between the good old stalwart Eddie Edwards, between... The other, me- the third member of the uh, Rascals, Trey Miguel, Ace Austin, and a mystery opponent who's probably EC3. Yeah, no, that's definitely the return of trouble, 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 trouble. Okay, so Rob, first and foremost, what sticks out? What you think you're interested in? Go ahead. Okay, now I don't regularly watch Impact. Neither do we. I, don't feel bad. <laughs> I am thinking about ordering this because the women's gauntlet match is very intriguing, and also the women's title match. And just, I mean, in general, for the past couple of years, you know, women's wrestling has, on average, been more intriguing than men's wrestling to me. So those two matches in particular, um, I, I have not seen Chris Bay wrestle. I've heard people talk, talk him up really big on Twitter, so I am interested in seeing him in action. Um, Moose, you know, I consider myself very fortunate when it comes to Moose because I don't know much of anything about him other than that people think he's a piece of shit. But 
thankfully I have not seen enough. I have never seen him wrestle. I have never developed any type of opinion about him that makes me have to either choose to either defend him or pile on him like everyone else. And I'm consider myself very fortunate for that. Sorry. But, you know, so I, I really don't care. I no, really don't like, care. About, I don't care about his match. Tommy Dreamer. I mean, look, you might as well put me in there. If you're going to put Tommy Dreamer. If you put Tommy Dreamer in a match in 2020, you might as well put me in there. Okay. Uh, I mean, really. I mean, they're just missing the Sandman. Okay. I mean, well, hold on. He might be there. Oh, yeah. Year. They dragged him out there in Ring of Honor last year a couple of times, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I do want to see. You know, I mean, the Good Brothers are going to show up some kind of way. I am interested in seeing in the seeing them. Uh, main event, yeah. I mean, I'm interested in seeing whether or not it's going to be EC3 like we all think. I'm not particularly interested in EC3, uh, but. It is what it is. So I'm interested in EC3 in Impact. In no other company do I give a fuck about that character because that character doesn't make sense anywhere else. But in Impact, I'm I'm here for EC3. So look, and it's from what I saw, it's only thirty three dollars. So look, for me, when it comes down to ordering a pay per view, it really comes down to the price. Because I mean, last sir. year I was. Last year, I ordered the MLW pay-per-view. It was only 20 bucks. And it, for I, 20 I bucks, that, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a great show for $20. Um, so, and, and, but I'm not, I'm not paying $50 for nobody's pay-per-view in 2020. None of right. If I Look, for $50, you better come give me a championship belt for $50. Okay. <laughs> 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 What it sounds like, I mean, outside of the matches that I'm really that, that have caught my interest, it it sounds like the rest of the show will at least be watchable. I mean, oh. you know, there, there's not going to be anything that's going to make me be like, oh damn, what in the hell was that? You know, well, that's that's the beauty of Impact Wrestling in 2020, and then, then the past couple of years I give them credit for. They might not have names you know, like the casual fans will know or the less diehard fans will know, but they have quality talent that puts on quality matches and tells, more often than not, quality stories. And for the first time in a long time, that roster is full of people who actively want to be an Impact Wrestling. That's it's a good not point. people that are just settling for it because it's their only option. It's not people who think they're too good to be there. All of the people in 2020 who are with Impact Wrestling are people who are like, I want to work for Impact. Yeah, except for Deanna, but yeah, other than that, you're right. <laughs> Deanna's openly said this is this, this she's an Impact just to get to AEW, but Deanna's a very different person. Um, I'll, I'll throw it to you before I give my thoughts. Go ahead, man. What you think? Because we're watching the show tonight together. We we yeah. split it. I'm excited. I'm excited for, I think the tag team gauntlet will be good. I think the number one contenders match is going to be really good. I enjoy watching Deanna, so I know she'll deliver. Um, I expect to see Heath Slater. I expect, obviously, we're going to see the Good Brothers. I thought before he tested positive for COVID, I was positive we were going to see Rusev. Um, 
Now, I think that we might still see a video package saying, you know, Miro is coming, but, like, um, I was almost positive we were going to see Rusev before he announced that he had tested positive to COVID. By the way, shout out to Lana, who's really going through it right now. Parents uh, and her husband. Yep. So, um, but I think it'll be a fun show. I think it'll be a good show. I think all of the matches will be interesting, and I'm very excited to see who they do bring back other than EC3. So, when you build a card, you build it either around a star or your championship last match. Those, those are really your two options, right? Or every now and then there's a blood feud that's big enough that encompasses the company. But those are really your main options. Well, Impact has no stars of of uh, major of major notoriety. And we talked about it the last time we had a show. Like they're almost all of their former champions going back to two thousand and ten don't work there anymore. Yeah. Um so that's one thing. Um you, so your world champion was let go and there is no blood feud. <laughs> so that breeds an air of unpredictability and it almost in a, a roundabout way frees you of any pressure because you could just go out there and say, fuck it, we just gonna wrestle. So more than anything, and of course I'm interested in surprises and who they're gonna bring up and it's July 18th, so no people's gonna show up. But I am ultra interested in Eddie Edwards, Trey Miguel, Ace uh, Austin, and whoever maybe C3. Because number one, those three got Eddie Edwards works harder than almost anybody in the business, right? I, I I was never a fan of David Richards, so I never gave Eddie the credit he deserved. He's had some really crazy storylines, so he's kind of been off my radar, but he works hard. Trey and Ace Austin are two of those guys, when you say future of the business, Ace Austin can be a Randy Orton-esque heel. And Trey may not be a top-level star for a long time, but he and the rest of the Rascals are amazing. I'm not a flippy-doo guy, but their flippy-doos are different. And I like I'm interested. I'm so curious to see how they flip this and they make us feel and care about that match and those guys at the top of the card. I am so interested in that, and I am also interested in, we just had this long conversation about the black wrestling scene, Willie Mack and Chris Bay better represent. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of pressure on their shoulders. So I, I think the card is going to be well because, much like you said, Rob, with that MW show, the price is fine, and like the matches are all going to be good. And I'm really, I'm really happy for them as a company right now also because even though what even though the way they did it was fucking dirty and what they did to New Japan in the process was fucking dirty, they finally have, like, a legitimate television network for the first time in years. Yeah. <laughs> and, they and, their, and their ownership owns the network, so they don't have to worry about getting canceled. They, they, <laughs> hey, hey, Kyle, still got a better time slot than Ring of Honor. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the Ring of Honor comes on like at 10 o'clock at night on Saturdays. Here. Wait, wait, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Texas. <laughs> wait, no, hold up. I'm sorry. Is Ring of Honor still a thing? That company still exists? Yes, yes. 
Because okay. I was almost positive that AEW legitimately killed Ring of Honor. And I'm not saying that as a shot to AEW at all. I'm just <laughs> like, they killed, a- they killed Ring of Honor. AEW started and, and Ring of Honor pre- proceeded to make their, their two champions of note, Matt Taven and PCO. <laughs> so, like, again, that is not a shot at AEW at all. They just started, and by starting, they killed Ring of Honor. All of a sudden, those people who were trapped in Sinclair land had, like, a legitimate option to go somewhere else. <laughs> Either that or take the money. Well, yeah, good now, because, look, one, I guess, good thing for Ring of Honor to come out of that is they actually started paying people. <laughs> I mean, by, they had, by proxy, yes, they that's had bad. to. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> Okay, so let's put a bow on that and let's move to the the final card of the weekend. We got um, the Extreme Rules Horror Show. Yes, the Horror Show, which I, I think is a dope tagline, but it, it uh, okay, let's talk about it. Honestly, um, WWE Horror Show would have been a much better, like, just go all in. I mean, I well, say that, just go all in. I'm not as into if it's not in your house. I'm not as into giving rando tag themes to like that's fair. already named content. So like, just that, call it WWE Horror Show. I respect that. I can. I respect that. I feel differently, but I, I, I get you. your point is very valid. I, I respect that. So I'm as always. I'm gonna start from the bottom. There is one match that's listed on this card that was announced last night to be next week. That is the bar fight between Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. That will now be on SmackDown, as will the unsanctioned match between Randy Orton and Big Show. That will be on Raw. Those two matches are supposed to not are not supposed to be on Extreme Rules Sunday, for the record. So, starting from the bottom of my list, I have the match that Kyle's been waiting for for weeks. Eye for an eye, you got Seth Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio. You have the Wyatt Swamp fight, which is, and it's important to note, a non-title match. So, hello, SummerSlam. You got Braun Strowman, the WWE champion, the Universal champion, I'm sorry, versus Bray Wyatt. Mind you, Bray Wyatt, the cult leader, the Eater of Worlds version of Bray Wyatt. You have the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships defended in a tables match between the New Day and... And Cesaro and Shisuke Nakamura, or a.k.a. the guys that Sammy left when he said, fuck that, I'm not coming to work no more. Um, you have the WWE U.S. Championship match in a, in a match I'm very interested in. Apollo Crews defending against MVP. Yeah. You have probably the two matches that this card is built around. The SmackDown Women's Championship between Bayley and Nikki Cross and the Raw Women's Championship between Asuka and Sasha Banks. Will we get all the belts around the Golden Role Models? Will we get two belts, Banks, and Bayley dose straps? Will it happen? And I know a match that will make my brother groan audibly. Just say it. I, I Just say it. I was waiting for the groan, but WWE Championship match, uh, Drew McIntyre will defend against Dolph Ziggler and the stipulation uh, that... Uh, there it is. Uh, and the stipulation will be revealed Sunday night. So, and for the record, before I pass it to you, I'm going to throw it to Kyle first. I'll throw it to you first, Rob. 
Let me note that the WWE Championship has a little more air of interest because The Rock uh, posted underneath. So WWE posted a picture of of, uh, Dolph with the WWE Championship saying, well, this happened Sunday. The Rock posted underneath, about time, I'm with it, really really deserved guy who, really uh, deserving guy who deserves this opportunity. And Drew posted underneath, it doesn't matter what you think. So that has really kind of heated up the rhetoric of this match. So, Kyle, I know you're going to trash the eye for an eye of the WWE Championship match. The other matches on the card, what do you think? So, first of all, I just I just have to say it. I for an eye is the stupidest fucking gimmick. God, that's so fucking dumb. Oh, my God. Um, if it didn't involve Seth Rollins, if it didn't involve Seth Rollins, and I know you're disdain, you're not disdain, but you're... I'm You're not a huge the, fan so, of Rollins. Yes. yes. If, it, if it involved two two wrestlers that I know you would allow yourself to get into, I would bet you money you'd get into the match. I wouldn't care if it was Kevin Owens versus Hangman Page in an eye for an eye match. I would still say that is the dumbest fucking gimmick I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, so, like, I'm going to just put that out there. Uh, but as far as Drew and Dolph, it'll probably be a good match. I'm not here for Drew McIntyre. I've never been here for Drew McIntyre. It'll probably be a good match. Um, I think the women's matches will be fun. I really hope we get two belt banks and Bailey Doe straps because, like, that's just a great fucking story that writes so you itself. Do, you think Asuka should lose? Okay. I, it's not that I think Asuka should lose. I just love so much what Bailey and Sasha are doing right now. I am so here for it. They're the best part um, of the company right now, so that's a good point. Yeah, like, it's got... No, this is kind of like back when Becky won the SmackDown title the first time and lost it to Alexa Bliss. It wasn't so much that I thought Becky had to lose and wanted Becky to lose so much as it's just, like, everything about what Alexa was doing and everything about how hot she was, you, she just had to win that match. Sure, sure. And I feel very similarly right now where it's not like Asuka's done anything wrong or anything about her story has been bad, but like everything about what Bailey and Sasha are doing is fire. And so like give them all the belts. Um, and other than that, you know, it'll probably be fun. Um, Bray Wyatt's obviously going to win because it's a non-title match. High SummerSlam. Um, and I look forward to The Fiend versus... Braun Strowman for the title at SummerSlam. It just took the other two personalities for us to get there. But yes, I'm looking forward to that match. Uh, Rob, what you got, bro? All right. So the SmackDown tag title match, I think, will be very good. It'll be fun. I think Shinsuke and Cesaro are probably going to win. Um, I think Bailey's going to beat Nikki Cross. I think that match will be fine. Sasha and Asuka, I think that might be match of the night. I mean, it probably will be, just from a pure like work standpoint. Um, as far as who should win, all right. I've heard a bunch of people say they want Sasha to win, but it's just for the point of her and Bailey having all the belts. And I think Asuka deserves to finally not have a title ring stepped on. Okay, got <laughs> Um, that and then also if Sasha wins she's not going to keep it that long which means we're going to get the Sasha crew going nuclear again 
Okay. And I really don't care to see that. And, well, and I guess I'm opening up myself to them coming after me now by saying that, but oh, well, it happened. They coming, bro. They coming. So, well, I don't get notifications from people I don't follow. So if I don't follow you, you can say whatever the hell you want. I listen, won't see it. Nah, nah, listen. Hangman Page gave us the greatest lesson in the world on standing. Hangman Page tweeted out, don't stand for me. I know how that song ended. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you know, that's you know, that's how I feel. I mean, it, look, it'll be the best of times, and a few days later, it'll be the worst of times when she loses it back to Oscar. Right? She's not going to win the raw title and keep it for a year. Um, other than that, um, I think the Swamp thing will be fun. I think Bray's going to win, obviously. And, and now, uh, I think I am not a Dolph Ziggler hater. Okay, I know. I mean, it's funny when. When the internet loved Dolph Ziggler, I was just kind of like, eh, hey, whatever. And now that the internet is kind of done with Dolph Ziggler, I'm actually like a fan. And I think, you know, I think he always, he puts on good matches all the time. And I think he's good at playing an asshole on TV. Um, you know, and I equated him to, I'm sure y'all are familiar with Billy Zabka, you know, John Lawrence from Karate Kid and all that. That's who Dolph Ziggler is. Uh, he's he's the wrestling version of Johnny Lawrence or the Cobra Kai. He's just an, an asshole. When 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 he when he's playing his character right, that's that's what, okay. That's, that's 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 a very good that's a very good analogy. I gotta give you credit. That's really good. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good match. Drew's gonna win. You know. Now as far as the stipulation, look, I'm for just getting just be as wacky as possible. Hell, I'm for them bringing out the old spin the wheel, make the deal thing from WCW. Judy Bagwell on a pole, bruh, on a forklift. <laughs> don't, d- don't give them, man, don't be putting these things out here because next thing you know, we're going to get the raw roulette wheel back. Why not, right? Who, this is the age of cinematic TV. Why not? But, um, can we hey, stop hey. putting that? Stop putting bad Attitude Era Crash TV bullshit out into the wrestling ether. We've hey, moved on from it. Guys, nobody's watching anyway, right? Demo God and whatnot. It's all about the demos. Nobody's watching anyway. Yeah. Oh, now, okay, now, for, now, as far as the eye for an eye match, I'm 100% here for that. You know why? Because I love anything that makes these super serious, real serious wrestling nerds upset. Okay, I'm for anything that pisses them off. Okay, you know that's what those same nerds who were pissed off at the Viking prophets mm-hmm. sketches, right? Those same nerds who get upset about the twenty four seven title, and you know, or get upset whenever there's like a food fight match or something, right? I anything that pisses those people off, I'm here for. And I hope they just get as stupid and ridiculous as possible. I hope whoever pulls out the eye holds it up in the air like Perseus was holding up Medusa's head in Clash of the Titans. Okay. And with some fake CGI blood dripping off of it and everything. I want just be (laughs) as stupid as humanly possible. And then, you know, next week, whoever got the, I want Seth Rollins, you know, if he gets the eye pulled out next week, I want him to show up like Thor in Infinity War and have (laughs) Bernie Murphy shove an eye in his head. And 
and I mean, and I want that <laughs> just so these just so these damn super serious nerds on Twitter who just cry every time something goes on that's not super serious. I, I want them to go down and just be beside themselves. Dude, you wanted to be Thor rocking with the fake guy? Yes. Okay. Yes. Buddy Murphy can be rocket and show the fame. Show the fake guy. <laughs> Dog, yes. you know what's funny to me? Kyle's blood is boiling so hot right now. <laughs> That's what I want because and because these these super serious, real serious wrestling nerds, you deserve that. Okay. Oh man, you really do because you have fun at a simple, you know, the little fun sketches that the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders were doing. Y'all hated that so much, and y'all were crying all the time. But why can't they just get in the ring and have a match? You know, y'all deserve this, okay? So I hope they get as ridiculous and insane and absurd as humanly possible. And I hope that however they fix the eye getting pulled out next week or the week after, I hope they get as ridiculous as possible with that too. You know what I hope? You know what I hope? Legitimately, you know what I hope? I hope this is like a uh, like a match, like a item on a pole match where it's still a pinfall match, so it doesn't matter what the step is. You just got to beat the guy. <laughs> That's what I hope so bad. The winner is the person who wins the match. <laughs> and they get the ability. They have to get strapped to a chair. And you can pull the guy out. <laughs> this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. You know, but Rance, if they do that, you know what's going to really piss me off? It's just going to be an avenue for them to let fucking Dominic rest in his face. they got to put over fucking Dominic. <laughs> oh, oh, I well, hate Dominic well, so much. God, well, I hate Dominic. Think about it. Austin Theory off TV because Austin Theory like little girls. Somebody got to be the... Some, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but somebody got to replace... The, the latest disciple. What if what if Dominic betrays Dominic betrayed his daddy before? Dominic is a Guerrero. Okay. What if he follows his father's footsteps and lies, cheats, and steals his way over to the what, what do they call themselves? The 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 good book or the the good news or whatever they call themselves. <laughs> and, he, and he's the one that pulls the eye out of Ray's eye and Ray goes looking like um, Mystico from now on with just both Sinkar with just the eyes cut out now just the black eye <laughs> this is, what are we doing <laughs> what are we doing <sighs> oh, oh see just because of this I'm so hyped for this match now <laughs> I'm so ready. Oh, okay. Let me let shout out to Les Storm. Let me be serious for a minute. I I think that there is a very interesting case to be made for um, the Golden Roll models holding all the belts. However, if we ever gonna get to Bailey versus Sasha, if it's 2021, 2022, 
2030 or 2020, they can't hold all the belts. So by Bailey, if you notice, the one little story tick is Bailey puts Sasha in matches that she don't want to be in, and Sasha puts Bailey in matches that she don't want to be in. They even had a spot on Friday where Bailey was coming to tag in Sasha. Sasha turned around and tried to hit the meteora on Nikki and then or, or on uh, Oscar and got popped in the face. That's why Bailey had to cheat to win. If Bailey is the is the reason that Sasha loses this match, we could lead to that. And it may not be a SummerSlam, but we just talked about evolution. Bailey versus Sasha, main event of evolution. Might be worthy, so I that's that's and and then I look, I I don't like title reigns being cut from underneath people's legs, and Oscar really has had a chance to have a title reign. Although I'm if you if 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 Monday morning you if Bailey and Sasha got all the buzz, I ain't gonna complain, but I see Oscar win, um, uh, and more than anything else, I am here for Apollo versus MVP. Because I think that's the night said and Ricochet turned. Yeah. Or at least one of them. Um, and MV- MVP as United States champion just feels right, right? And uh, I mean, by the way, uh, MVP, he deserves some kind of award for making the most out of 2020. Yes. I mean, he was, on, he was about to retire. And he went from just a thank you spot in the Royal Rumble and probably retiring to now he's a full-time member of the roster. And look, he's been killing it, man. So, I mean, if there's like a career turnaround award or something, you know, I think he would win that for this year. Well, he's the MVP of WWE for 2020. Would you not say? Well, okay. He's the MVP of COVID WWE, right? I think Drew had an amazing January through April. I think some other guys, like Becky was killing it for a while. Like, there's been some really, Rhea Ripley had a great early 2020. Like, a lot of wrestlers have a great year. But since COVID happened and the shutdown happened, I don't think we've had a wrestler who's been more into, maybe it's a little vague at first. But, like, MVP's been integral to the company yeah. since COVID started. So, I think, honestly, if I had to pick a top Five for COVID, it would be him, Sasha, Bailey, Oscar, and give it to Drew. Give it to Drew because Drew put in work. Yeah, he has. He has, and that match he and Bobby had was great. At, um, yeah, that, that was a great because they were pulling the shit out that I was not expecting. Uh, I mean, yeah, that was a five star match for me. You know, and what uh, what I appreciate about Drew is Drew wrestles every week too. He doesn't just wrestle big matches; he wrestles every Monday. So, most every Monday, but okay. Um, I can't wait to talk next week about how Kyle's favorite match of Extreme Rules was the i nine match where Dominic turned on his surrogate father and joined the, and joined the crusade. Fuck <laughs> Dominic. And he, he wears the mask to the ring and pulls it off like, like Vince did when he said, it's me, Austin. <laughs> oh, it was okay. me all along, Ray. You're not my dad. No, if he changes, if he, if his gimmick name becomes Dominic Guerrero, give WWE all the money. 
give it he, give it off. He to gives him. an uh, if he gives a you're not my dad promo, I will shit my pants. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, we we need that now. We gotta have it now. I if I want Dominic to do the promo that Eddie did when Eddie came to the ring in the dark and just sat in the chair and talked to Ray's mask. I want Dominic to do that. <laughs> okay. All right, we gotta get out of here. We've been we've been we've been on for like two hours. Uh, we've we've had a blast. This has been hilarious. Eye for an eye is the match that we're all looking forward to. Apparently, not at all. Um, Rob, tell the fine people where they can find you, brother. Okay. You found me a lot of places. All right, so I write for Chair Shot. I will have a piece coming up probably either today or tomorrow about Naomi. Uh, I write for my own site, robsagenius.com. You can find me on Twitter at R-B-O-N-N-E-1. And you can also listen to my own little podcast I started, the Rob the Genius Podcast. It's on Anchor. It's on Spotify. And it's and a mess. Yeah, that's, that's this week's episode. It's a mess. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was like a secondary podcast. But I love that name. It's a mess. That was the title of this week's episode. Yeah. So, Word to Zach. Yeah. So that's everywhere you can find it. Uh, Kyle, what's happening? You can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. The show? Oh, you can find the show on Twitter at Outsiders Edge CS. And we are a part of the Chairshot uh, Chair Shot Radio, which is now part of the Chairshot Media Network. Well, you always use your head. Um, I, I'm at It's Ray Cash, Black Lives Matter, as always. Please. If you own Outsiders, we're in a pandemic. Look, I just got some nice masks. Level two versions, I'll send you five of them. Give me the handle Outsiders Edge, please. Talk to me. We can negotiate, right? I know people in high places, well, medium-sized places. But I get, I'll, I got you, right? I'll get you, I'll get you two times Tuesday, a whole box of it from Popeye's. What you want? I got you. Um... No, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we had a blast. We'll hopefully see you next week. We got we got to talk about both of these shows. Kyle's favorite match. I appreciate Rob being on here, but uh, Kyle, take us out. Yeah, thanks again, Rob, for coming as a guest. But y'all, just remember, we here at the Outsiders Edge are just some increasingly less young men out here doing what we can to make it in this world, and. Sometimes we're going to say some things that might be controversial, like, fuck the Young Bucks. And sometimes we're going to say things like, you should just understand, like, Slammiversary is going to be a watchable show tonight. But but no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams. And you got to respect that. Because if you don't, then you ought to know by now that we surely do not give. Oh, fuck. Fuck him. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Evil is champion, though? I know, right? Like, what the fuck is that? Why does Gato hate him so much? <laughs>